Welcome to the Houston Healthcare Initiative podcast. My name is Harold Nickel. Those of us with an interest in reforming the healthcare industry will be very interested in the topic of this podcast, as respected neurologist Dr. Stephen Goldstein tells us all about how some very large organizations tried and failed at reforming their employee health insurance. This is a story about an organization that was called Haven. When it was formed, the three companies had a lofty goal to provide their U.S. employees and families with simplified, high-quality, and transparent health care at a reasonable cost. I guess it's good to be ambitious, but also good to know how to solve a complex problem. And Dr. Goldstein, for those who do not know about Haven, can you help fill us in? Sure. Haven was a joint venture between Amazon, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Berkshire Hathaway. J.P. Morgan Chase is a banking organization that is 200 years old and has about 250,000 employees. Berkshire Hathaway is a conglomerate of everything from airlines, banks, insurance companies, and even Dairy Queen. And Berkshire has over uh, 391,000 employees. And I think everyone knows Amazon, but you may not know that they have 810,000 employees just here in the U.S. So these are significant organizations who formed a joint venture to try and find ways to reduce the cost of health care for all these employees. The joint venture started three years ago. How'd they do? Well, after spending three years and around $100 million, they will close down next month. <laughs> okay. So, I shouldn't laugh. So, resources, though, of any kind um, were easy to come by. Money, lots of smart people, and expertise were not in short supply. And yet, with all that, they're finished as of next month. Where did they go wrong? Well, before I can discuss much about what went wrong, let's talk about what they were trying to accomplish. The published goal was improving healthcare services and lower costs for the three companies' employees while making primary care easier to access, prescription drugs more affordable, and rendering insurance benefits easier to understand. Well, that sounds pretty reasonable, doesn't it? Yes except they were approaching the challenge with trying to fix the existing system. The existing system is the problem. Our system is focused on treating sick people and not preventing illness. Here is an example. The more people that are in hospital beds, the more money is made by the hospitals, the doctors, and everyone else involved in patient care. Ours is a volume-based system of reimbursement for getting paid. There is no tie to healthier outcomes for patients or incentives for those same patients to take better care of themselves. It's just more of the same. Now, I read that one of the strategies Haven pursued was to leverage the scale of all those employees for better rates and prices. And you'd think that with over a million employees between the three of them, it seems like that that would have worked. Well, in a normal free market, it would. But this is not normal. And while the market in the U.S. is freer than in places like Canada, it is not when compared to automobiles, household appliance, or just about anything else. More than that, the federal government has access to everyone 
when Medicare and Medicaid to use the power of volume purchasing, but barred itself from doing so. Lobbyists from these respective industries help make sure that little meaningful change is ever introduced, never mind adopted. Our current system is a highly government-regulated system, largely influenced by lobbyists who represent doctors, insurance companies, hospitals, and drug companies. So what it sounds like is that Haven ran into what really ails all of the medical business, and that's the combined goal of the insurance and healthcare industry is really to make up their own rules and at the same time make sure that nothing changes, right? Right. And again, the focus is not on improving the population's health, and ultimately that was the biggest mistake the people at Haven made. They were focused on the wrong problem. We might have been able to make a bad system work somewhat better, but it's still a bad system. So, using big data to analyze where healthcare costs could be better managed for all their employees, that was not the way to make the system better, was it? No. Better insurance coverage is not the way to make people healthier. Health is preserved by clean air and water and a proper sewer system. It is also preserved by an appropriate diet, adequate exercise, proper sleep, and avoidance of toxins such as cigarettes, drugs, and alcohol. Early detection of disease is also important, as well as compliance with the treatment of chronic disease. Thus, any healthcare reform should focus on improving public health. Well, that, that certainly makes sense and makes me wonder how the people at Haven missed what what the real problem was, but more to the point, how can we get prices more affordable and still provide easy access to health care? We should view health care as a commodity. We should stop trying to manage the price. We know that the best way to ensure an adequate supply of anything at the lowest possible price is to permit the laws of supply and demand to work. But as we know, this is not what we have and not the way prices are fixed and care managed by insurance companies, hospitals, and pharmaceutical companies. The public has little to say about it, but they have a great deal to say, and here is how, via the nonprofit, employee-owned healthcare cooperative. The cooperative or co-op can replace traditional health insurance for individuals and families. Co-ops can also provide incentives for members to adopt healthier lifestyle habits. Now, would getting that larger voice in how prices are assigned via employee-owned uh, cooperatives would that require changes in any of the in any of the current laws? No, I don't believe so. Companies that self-insure can use the healthcare cooperative model with the co-op owned by the employees without any changes in the current laws. Financial incentives based on lifestyle would result in lower health care costs by decreasing utilization. Ownership of the cooperative would pass the savings from, from the cooperative to the employees. Co-ops can allow employees to remain members even if they leave the company. By transferring ownership of the cooperative to the employees, companies are no longer responsible for health care and can concentrate on their core business. Now, how will the co-op deliver all these benefits? Co-ops provide affordable medical coverage through a combination of negotiated rates, obtaining cash discounts, uh, personal accountability, and lifestyle incentives. 
by organizing their workers and families, businesses of any size can overcome this less than efficient way of doing things. For example, financial incentives based on choices about diet and exercise will result in lower health care costs by decreasing utilization. The ownership of the cooperative will pass the savings from the cooperative to the employees. But there are other benefits that will make these employees healthier. Okay. Okay, like how? Well, the cooperative can educate its members to utilize independent providers of health care and avoid hospital system as much as possible. They can publicize providers that offer transparent cash prices for services. Other savings can be achieved by the cooperative owning the electronic medical record and granting access to providers as well as to patients. By owning the EMR, the cooperative would own the data. So in short, the co-op gets the company out of the health insurance business, saves money, and results in healthier people, right? Right. The cooperative model encourages the use of technology, innovative ideas, and big data to improve access, decrease bureaucratic inefficiency, improve diagnostic atrophy, uh, accuracy, improve treatment outcomes, all the things that Haven wanted to do, but frankly failed at. The failure of Haven illustrates how the current insurance system is resistant to change, in spite of rhetoric to the contrary. Wow. Well, thank you, Dr. Goldstein, for sharing this with us today. It's a shame that so much money and time went into this very laudable goal, but yielded no good outcome. Yours is a much more hopeful, common-sense approach to managing the public's health and is exactly what the insurance, hospital, and drug companies absolutely do not want. Now, given the collective influence, and by that I mean deep pockets, of these three businesses and their lobbyists, the American public will continue to get the bill for a medical industry that puts maintaining the status quo as its top priority. Now, to learn more about this and other healthcare reform issues that need work, please visit the website, which is HoustonHealthCareInitiative.org. And please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Hey, thank you for listening. Remember to tell your friends about us and come back next time for another edition of the Houston Healthcare Initiative podcast.